Reading today is from John 14, 18 to 31, and I'll be reading from the ESV. If you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand and one of the deacons will get you one. Otherwise, you can pull it up on your smartphone or it'll be up there on the screen as well. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is God's word. Um, Unfortunately, Pastor Chris, uh, who is preaching today, uh, cannot be here in person, but he has done a video recording. So we've got digital Pastor Chris uh, this morning bringing the message. Thanks, Carl. today because unfortunately I have COVID, uh, so I'm sorry I can't be with you in person, uh, but I've pre-recorded this message, uh, which is uh, the final message in our series called Prince of Peace. And in the lead up to Christmas and at Christmas time itself, we've been thinking about Jesus, who was promised as the one who would be the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And uh, so this is the final message in that series. And today we're looking at John chapter 14, verses 18 to 31. And the title of today's message is Peace With Us. Now, the key verse in the passage that we've had read to us today is verse 27. Jesus says to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, to be sure, the disciples may have had troubled hearts because Jesus had been talking about the fact that he was going to go away. He'd already promised to them that the Holy Spirit would be sent to them when he went, um, and they may have picked up on some of his Uh, previous 
prophecies that he would um, be taken and would die, uh, would be crucified. And perhaps they were starting to understand that something was going to happen and they were probably getting a bit nervous. And so you can quite understand uh, that they might have had troubled hearts. It's quite possible that we might have troubled hearts at this time of year where at the end of one year and looking at the beginning of a new year come tomorrow and uh, new years are often uh, often a time for new year's resolutions it can be a time to reset and and try to uh, you know work on our lives and um, reform some aspect or element of our character or uh, some habit that we want to uh, institute in our lives or some habit that we want to cease uh, in our lives. Um, so it can be a time of new beginnings, but a new year can also be a time for anxiety. It may be that uh, you feel like the writing's on the wall with your work. Um, perhaps there's been changes in your workplace and you, you're looking ahead to the new year and you think, I don't know if I will have a job next year or uh, my job is going to be changing and I'm, I'm nervous about that. It may be uh, that you've had some sort of a medical diagnosis and as you think about the new year to come, you're concerned about what will that mean for your life? Uh, will that mean, uh, you know, restrictions placed upon you that you, you don't know how you're going to deal with those? It may be that, uh, there are relationships in your family um, that you you think about the year ahead and you wonder what's going to happen with that relationship. Perhaps a relationship that's uh, been broken and, and you're wondering whether in the new year or not there will be peace in that relationship or not. And so uh, there can be many reasons why at this time of year our hearts might be troubled and anxious and this passage is a wonderful one to bring us encouragement as we learn what it is that uh, makes the peace of Jesus different from the peace that the world gives. And so our big question today is how is the peace of Jesus different from what the world gives? And if we were to summarize the, the message uh, in one, one sort of phrase, the big idea is that the peace of Jesus is permanently with us. And that's so important for us uh, to recognize that no matter what happens in the year ahead, the peace that Jesus gives us is always with us. So we're going to have a little look at the passage. And um, the, the first point to note is that the peace of Jesus is anchored in the victory of the resurrection. Jesus here at the beginning of the passage says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now uh, we shouldn't think that that's uh, in intended to be talking about Jesus saying, you won't be without your mother and father. Um, he, what he's using is a, uh, an illustration to say, uh, I'll come back. So I might be leaving but I'm not going to leave you as, uh, as orphans. So uh, when the sadness happens of a, a child losing their parents, uh, where their parents pass away, 
um, and they're left as orphans, there's no possibility of the parents coming back. Uh, but Jesus is saying, when I leave, I will come to you. Uh, and this is a clear reference to the resurrection. Um, he has already been telling them that he's going to be leaving, um, that he is going to die. And he's told them also that he's going to be leaving. Uh, and when he does go, that he will send the Holy Spirit. Um, but we we may uh, recognise and understand that his words, I will come to you, are not intended to be a reference to the second coming of Christ, but they are intended to let the disciples know that after his death, that he will come back to them, that he will rise again. And we can see this in the next verse, in verse 19, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And that's a very clear reference. Um, Jesus saying, I, I will live. Um, he was going to die, but then he knew that he would come back to life. Uh, earlier in the book of John, he has spoken with Martha and uh, Martha uh, is upset because her brother Lazarus has died. And uh, Jesus says, um, I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And Jesus knows that he is the resurrection, that he will rise again. And he, he raises Lazarus from the dead as first fruits uh, of that resurrection uh, to show that he has power over life and over death. And here there's a very um, strong element of faith that's involved here. Um, the world will see me no more, he says, but you will see me. And here there's an element of faith. He says, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And uh, for those who have faith in Christ, uh, they were the ones who, who saw him. Uh, they didn't maybe know exactly what was going to happen. They didn't understand his resurrection. We see that on the road to Emmaus when he's walking with two d disciples uh, on the day of his resurrection. And they didn't understand that he was going to come back to life. Uh, and they're pondering everything that has happened. And he explains uh, everything to them from the scriptures. And even then they don't recognize that it is him until uh, he breaks bread with them and, and gives thanks for it. And so um, there's a, a very strong element of faith here, but uh, lest you think that this is just uh, some mass hysteria um, with people hallucinating uh, that they saw Jesus, um, it's really important for us to recognize that there are many uh, historical proofs in the scriptures that Jesus appeared in bodily form two people after his resurrection. Uh, he appeared on the night of his resurrection uh, in the upper room uh, to the disciples and uh, Thomas wasn't there. He appeared again to them a week later and Thomas was there. And Jesus says to Thomas, you know, come and put your, your hands in the, the nail marks um, in, in my hands, you know, and uh, there's a very real sense in which Jesus is saying, you know, I'm real. Um, you can touch me. You can feel me. Um, he he asks to, to eat uh, fish with them. 
and uh, then on the the day that Peter says let's go fishing because uh, he was still trying to get his head around everything I guess and uh, and that day when Jesus restored Peter um, and and you know helped Peter to understand the forgiveness that was there for him and uh, recommissioning Peter on that day Jesus is standing on the side of the the Lake of Galilee uh, while they're out in the boat and, and they see him and he's got a, a fire going and he's cooking fish and they come and they eat with him. Now, all of these are uh, ways of us knowing that Jesus's resurrection was not just something in their heads, but it was an actual physical bodily resurrection. Now, the the victory of the resurrection is one of the reasons why um, the peace that Jesus gives is permanent. Uh, it's it's not bound by um, the the death of Jesus. Uh, if Jesus went away and died and didn't come back, then his peace would be meaningless. But because he is resurrected. Uh, then the the promise that he makes in verse 18 is is so precious. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that's really helpful for us to recognize. Um, While he he has come to the disciples in that day and has now ascended into heaven, his promise to come again, to return, is there for us. And that promise is anchored in the victory of the resurrection. It is because of the resurrection of Christ that we have hope, that we have certainty for eternal life. And this is so important for us um, when we're thinking about the peace that Jesus offers to us. Now, the second point is that the peace of Jesus is bound together with love. There's a a wonderful image here, um, which starts in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, and it finishes in verse 23, where Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Uh, we're, we're not orphans. Jesus left, but he came again, yes. Uh, so there's that element. But also, through our faith in Christ, we are adopted as daughters and sons of God. We are his family. And he says that he will come to us and and that he will make his home with us. That, uh, and he, it's plural, we, we will come to him and make our home with him. So it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who make their home with us. Now, home is, for many of us, a place of peace. We go through the busyness of our lives. Uh, work can be frantic or school can be, you know, busy and there's all sorts of troubles that can come our way through the day and we get home and there's a sense of peace often when we get home, isn't there? Oh, I can relax. Um, I don't need to 
put on, you know, a mask anymore. Oh, I don't have to be on my best behavior. Unfortunately, sometimes that means that people uh, behave worse at home and that, that ought not to be. Um, and, and I recognize that home is not always a place of peace for everyone, um, that sometimes uh, home is a place uh, of anxiety, uh, can be a place, sadly, in our world of violence, um, and that ought not to be. But in the, the true sense of, of home, uh, where God has come to us and lives with us, uh, where the home of God is with people, uh, as it talks about in Revelation, um, in that sense, home is a place of peace. And it's bound together with love. And, and you can see the love coming through uh, in this passage. Um, verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then... In verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Uh, there's a, an extraordinary love which is talked about here in this passage, a love between God the Father and God the Son, a love between both of them and us, and a love between us who believe and God. And uh, it's, it's worth noting in this passage that several times uh, it raises the, the idea that if we love God, then we will keep his commands, um, not out of a sense of duty, but because the love that we have for God will overflow in wanting to do what he has asked us to do. So the peace of Jesus is bound together with love. And the third point of our passage today is that the peace of Jesus is manifested in the gift of the Holy Spirit. The peace of Jesus is manifested in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, could there be anything more incredible than the thought that God himself dwells with us? Um, and it is that the Holy Spirit um, dwells with us. Uh, that's mentioned by Jesus earlier in John. And here again in verse 26, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So the Holy Spirit is maybe you might say the mechanism by which um, God is with us, by which the peace of Jesus is with us. Um, but I want to suggest to you that this passage uh, indicates that, um, that there's not some disconnect as if the Holy Spirit is separate from God the Father and God the Son. Um, they are three in one. And when Jesus says um, in verse 23, we will come to him and make our home with him, there's a very real sense in which Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwell within us uh, through, uh, through the Holy Spirit. All three are with us, uh, and they are with us permanently. Um, it's not a temporary gift. 
it's a, a gift which continues. And this is for our encouragement that the peace of Jesus will continue. It is anchored in the victory of the resurrection, uh, which gives us certainty of eternal life together with God, that we might participate together in the resurrection of Jesus, as Romans chapter 6 indicates. Um, the peace of Jesus is bound together with the love of God for us uh, and with our love for him. And it's manifested by the gift of the Holy Spirit. How incredible that God himself dwells with us. And at those times in our lives when we need peace, when we are anxious, when we are feeling concerned, when life seems to be crowding down upon us, when we're struggling to keep our head above water um, figuratively, at those moments, I pray that you will know the peace of Jesus is with you. May God bless you in the coming year ahead with a knowledge of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, bringing the peace of Jesus. And may this peace enable you to spread his peace to others also. God bless.